the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. It's been quite a week if you've been watching television at night. We are in the process of electing a president. And to do that, we have to get through both sets of conventions. And a lot of rhetoric and a lot of fussing and thinking and twisting and turning. But in between all that, it's earnings season, which is an exciting time. Facebook had a blowout quarter. Facebook is kind of the new Apple um, as far as momentum tech stock goes. And it doesn't it always seem to work that way? Intel has the torch and they pass it to Cisco. Uh, Microsoft had, had it right before that. Cisco passes it to Apple. Um, it's always some sort of big company in tech that leads for its turn. Um, and it leads in a dominant way. You could look at Facebook, Amazon. Um, on deck, Google slash Alphabet. I really wish they wanted to change the name on that, but they did and stuck with it, so to speak. So uh, earnings season's moving along nicely, but that doesn't mean Wall Street's going to go hip, hip, hooray. Um, we have a lot built in as far as expectations for the back half of the year. And we still have some scenarios that are playing out where they, we are getting some weakening guidance, especially on some international kind of calls. You know, uh, companies like Caterpillar, who clearly does business on all of the continents. Uh, maybe not Antarctica, I don't know, but <laughs> I'll take a look at that one. So um, there's some winners and there's some losers. Uh, speaking of winners and losers, we're doing a big event tonight, the Ten Pillars Retirement Income Planning Seminar, the Double Tree by Hilton. It's in Burlingame, 630 to 9. You can still sign up. Um, if anyone needs a free uh, pair of tickets, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Otherwise, you can sign up. Wine and cheese and a good event talking about retirement planning. It's complicated. Things change a lot. Which accounts do you draw on first? Uh, what can you do to maximize Social Security benefits? Uh, the risk of outliving your savings something that petrifies me. I think I have enough for retirement, and yet... I don't think I have enough for retirement. And that's something that, you know, kicks around in my head. You can sign up for the event right here, right now, today, because it's on tonight. Come out and meet me. I'll get there a little bit early, as will CFP Chad Burton. You can meet us around 6-ish as we start to set up. But uh, the event 630 to 9 at the Doubletree by Hilton, the 10 Pillars Retirement Income Planning. CFP Chad Burton, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Okay, I'm not getting any audio on him, so let's not experiment on the air. Let's fix this during the break, and I'll just take us all the way up to break, because um, it's never fun trying to fix things on the fly. It just makes for awful radio. Um, so with the 10 pillars, when you're starting to look at them, I think it's important to note that you know things change. Um, Social Security in particular. 
I was, oddly enough, on my way to the restroom this morning. I've got a little set routine. And I was, like, thinking, you know, uh, I work at a TV station. I walk right by a couple screens, and Obama's talking about, uh, Trump's not seeing the America that I'm seeing. I see a great America. And I was like, I wonder, like, does he, do people get that, like, Social Security's not going to get better? Like, our retirement plans that the government give us aren't going to become, like, super wonderful. And you can actually find out what you're going to be getting right now by going to ssa.gov. Um, or you could look at your grandparents or your parents and see what Social Security looks like and have a feel for it and ask questions. I think that's super critical, kind of important. So uh, it's up to you. And one thing you can do is come to the event tonight so you can start educating yourself as much as you can. So yesterday, Apple was a big winner. Um, today, Facebook, a big winner. And we kind of got that rock'em, sock'em, one-two punch thing going on, which is kind of nice to see. Facebook soars. Ford falls. What's up with Ford, huh? Ford shares falling in uh, trading early today, in large part because they came in below expectations for the second quarter. Ford, found on road dead, uh, is due ultimately to weaker sales in the U.S. and China. Uh, Ford's chief financial officer said after an unprecedented growth streak, the U.S. market starting to plateau. Uh-oh. That's kind of an interesting statement. So you're seeing shares down about 9%, sitting at 12.55. Nice dividend. Uh, um, I wouldn't, you know, I would do some homework before you bought it before the dividend. Uh, but with that being said, when Ford says that things are weakening in the United States, one of our pillars that we've been building, building our economic recovery on Autos, housing, jobs. So we're not seeming to add a lot of jobs right now. We're not losing a lot. So we're good there. We could take a turn for the worse. Our auto numbers, last year record. This year we're on record to have a new record. Our stock market's hitting records. But when Ford says that things are going to be a little bit lower in the second half than the first half. A lot of people work in cars. A lot of car salespeople. A lot of people, uh, steel makers, uh, parts makers, people who drive the trucks to the lot, people who come and do the financing of the trucks. Um, most of the profit for Ford comes from North America, where it's just doing fantastic um, with the Ford truck. Ford F-150 is just a dominant vehicle. And they did earn $2 billion in the second quarter, but that was down 9% from a year ago levels. And you can't drive away happy with those kind of numbers. So Ford in the news today. And uh, I think it's fair to say that when they say market's starting to plateau in the U.S., that's just a flag. It doesn't mean time to sell all your stocks. It's just one flag. GoPro reported a smaller than expected loss for the second quarter, even though sales fell 47%. Whoa. Revenue beat expectations. And, okay, if I were to tell you sales fell 47%, what would you think? Good news or bad news? Stock's up. Um, Telling you that, you know, if you take a look at it, maybe it's kind of hit a bottom. Um, Maybe it it doesn't want to go much lower than $12 a share. Now, it, it went as low as 9 and I'm concerned because ultimately I think GoPro has to be acquired to be relevant. 
I think they make great cameras. I think they're a lot of fun. I think the video quality and the, even the channeling technology that they're trying to do by being a media company, it's interesting. <clears throat> but with that said, um, I don't like their long-term plan. So they don't have much, if anything, to rub together as far as earnings go. So to me, there was a brand of technology that just kind of got gobbled up by smartphones. And there isn't a company in the world like Apple or Sony who's not coming up with patents similar to GoPros, um, of which I just saw a friend of mine get a new car, and there's a slot in the car to put a GoPro so that's cute, but I'm more of an earnings kind of guy. Show me the money, if you know what I'm saying. So anyway, taking a look at the markets today, we've got a little bit of red across the screen. Uh, pretty common, pretty normal. We've had a great run in July. Nothing to panic about, although that car story is something I want to put in the back of your head. Um, so big workshop tonight with CFP Chad Burton, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Plan. You can sign up right here, right now which account to draw from first in retirement, what you can do to maximize Social Security. Uh, you don't want to outlive your savings. Really, really important that, you, you know, in your late 30s and early 40s, you start coming up with some income plans. So meet us out tonight at the Doubletree by Hilton, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the things I want people to really see a lot of is that you're marketed heavily towards for example, gold, you'll hear a lot of gold commercials, lots of, of pressure, the economy stinks, you know, uh, stock market go to heck in a handbasket. But if you take a look back, gold topped out at about $1,900 per ounce in 2011. Today it's about 30% lower. So that's six plus years, right? During those six plus years, it's gone down 30%, but the S&P 500 is up 90%. It's just worthy of note that all that glitters is not gold, and gold ain't all that in a bucket of chicken, and things change. Um, if we were back in the 1400s, I'd be like, hey, let's go find gold, but we're not in the 1400s. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? Doing great. How are you, Rob? Good. So uh, how did you like my 1400s impression of a uh, explorer? Hey, let's go find gold. <laughs> That was pretty good. <laughs> was, good. Where I, I pictured you as like uh, a hunchback or something like that when he did yeah, that. A little French, a little French Italian. You can say <laughs> hunchback, but that's good. Um, big event coming up: Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar. Um, something that you know, I, you and I both talk about on a regular level is that 
um, there's a lot of change. You know, change is just the constant in the world of uh, financial planning and the 10 pillars. What's one of the ones that stands out the most as far as change in the last 20, 25 years? Oh, boy. Well, um, it's tough because a couple of them are rely on the same thing, and that's interest rates on bonds and CDs okay. and things like that. So it's has to do with uh, – I'm getting a bad echo, so excuse me, Rob, but um, planning for surviving spouse because pensions and annuities and things like that uh, pay a lot lower than they used to or they're gone. Okay. And then also – boy, I don't know. It, everything has changed. Number one, the number well, one I, I, pillar on this is really knowing your expenses, including healthcare costs, gifts, travel, hobbies, charitable donations, and insurance. But I was thinking about that. People are living so much longer. So they get to a point in life, and then they have great-grandkids. And so not only are they helping their grandkids, they're also then helping great-grandkids. So you have multiple sandwich generations. It's it's all changed in the last 23 years I've been doing this. Yeah, and I think, you know, the one thing that you just said that really stood out to me was that, you know, it's just a different interest rate environment. Um, when we started in this business, even if we go further back, when our parents were, you know, kicking around the world of investing, uh, interest rates were 4%, 5%, 6%, 7%. They weren't, they weren't near zero. Um, so that already changes the rules completely. Uh, it changes the multipliers. It changes the, you know, expectations. It changes the valuations of stocks. Um, I'm willing to pay more for a dividend-paying stock now because the interest rates are so low. I, I got to get some income somewhere. Right, and the crossover will be at some point where people won't be willing to pay that much of forward earnings for the price of a dividend-paying stock if bonds become more attractive in the future. And that's when there will be some pain on Wall Street. So hopefully, it'll be a slow transition. I was doing some research on Verizon yesterday, and. Uh, you know, analysts is upping their price target, and I've never seen PEs this high on on telecom companies. But um, it's interesting to watch. You know, as as analysts do a little bit of reaching, I think is is what I'm trying to say to justify their valuations. And again, I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I'm I'm going with the flow, so to speak. That's one thing that I do well is I go with the flow. I I go with what the market gives us. I think cell phone companies are the biggest benefactor of this whole Pokemon Go thing because. People are just burning through their data plans. So Verizon came up with a whole bunch of new data plans. And I got even more data for less money, but somehow it's being used. Kids being on summer break and playing Pokemon and driving in the car watching videos, it's just destroying data plans. But good for Verizon, right? Well, Verizon and AT&T, Verizon bought Yahoo because they want you to consume more data. Um, So... Uh, that's not going to go away anytime soon. So knowing your expenses, and as we get older, I, we don't even know. I don't even know what an expense plan would look like for someone who's 100 years old. I kind of got the early 60s figured out, and I kind of got the 70s. I see some family members in their late 70s, and uh, they just tend to give away money too much. They're not spending it on themselves, but you make any sort of you talk to them, and they'll give you money, kind of thing. Um, what are you expecting as far as the different, you know, 10-year brackets in retirement as far as spending tracks go? It is interesting, though. What I've noticed as people retire lately, rather than kind of hunkering down and getting straight on a budget, I see a lot of couples spend more money in the first five years of retirement, either fixing up their house, doing the second home, taking the vacations, 
uh, buying the motorhome to travel across the country. So that's been a, a a bit of a trend lately. And I remember when I first got into the business 23 years ago, and you'd hear those rules of thumb that oh, you're you're only going to spend about 70% of of your current income in retirement. So that's what people would plan for, and that's just not realistic with healthcare costs. That's 250 grand in retirement, um, and you know, Medicare Part B, Medicare Supplemental Insurance, long-term care insurance, that'll, you know, run you about 550 to 700 bucks a month in retirement. So retirement's expensive. Now, the good thing is we're talking about some of the changes. When I got into the business, capital gains taxes were 27%, Rob. Now there's a 0, a 10, a 15, and a 20% capital gains bracket. So luckily, this is the lowest tax environment for most retirees that we've ever seen, which helped offset a little bit. Not all of it, the low interest rates on CDs and bonds. But also, aren't you expecting capital gains to be one area that politicians could raise interest rates to help pay for social programs like Social Security, which is not terribly well funded? I I really do. I I don't think that when I look at a capital gain, and most of it has to do with selling real estate and stocks and maybe even selling a business. Um it, it doesn't help create jobs. So I don't think that, I think that would be an area that's under attack for certain income brackets. I think we do have to protect our retirees because the central bank involvement in our economy, like I've said before, with interest rates so low, it's really hurt savers. So we have to protect our savers, but at the same time realize that our fiscal policy has to create jobs because that will solve all the other problems. So let's talk a little bit about the event tonight and what people can expect. The 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. Uh, we've got plenty of seats open. People can sign up right now at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. It's the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar, Doubletree by Hilton in Burlingame. Uh, what do you uh, want to throw down as a bit of an agenda for tonight? Well, so all the other events that we've done, I, ba- I basically break this down. You can download the list at uh, newfocusfinancial.com or chadburton.com under the resource section. Ten key things in retirement that you have to have a strategy for each of these areas. If you don't, you're not ready to retire, or you need a second opinion, and make sure you do have a plan for these ten points. So people can sign up for the event. They can go to newfocusfinancial.com. It's tonight, last one of the summer, Doubletree by Hilton, Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Plugging hard to vent for tonight, 10 pillars of retirement income planning in Burlingame. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. If you don't have plans tonight, 630 to 9, come on out. It'd be a lot of fun to see. It'd be a lot of fun to get to know you and put sometimes faces to some of the email names as well as faces to some of the calls. Joining me now is CFP Chad Burton. Um, Chad, rebalancing your portfolio, not always the easiest thing to do in reti- in any point of your life, but retirement in particular, um, because sometimes you got this like 
uh, are you going to trigger a tax event? Sometimes you're like, what if you know that's, that dividend stock is going to go? What if it stays in favor one more year? Um, rebalancing. How do you get scientific about it? Well, that's the one thing. If we're talking about you know these ten points and how things have changed in the last twenty three years that I've been doing this, that's one point that really hasn't changed. Um, okay. We've been doing radio stuff together for over seventeen years now, and you know I've been preaching this: always have three years worth of portfolio draws in cash, and you feed that cash with your dividends and interest. That's one of the points we talk about: is turning on the tap. But then you also rebalance. So if you go through a quarter where the stock market is up, and you've got you know. 30,000 of gains, but you spent 20,000 of your cash that quarter, you're going to peel off 20,000 of those 30,000 in gains and replenish your cash that you've spent. So you're always replenishing that cash, that safety account to brace for those periods that we go through every, you know, 30% of the time when the market's down, that's when you don't draw on your portfolio. So if the portfolio is up, you peel some of your gains to replenish what you've spent. And with uh, the stock market's down, you just, you can rebalance within your portfolio. You just don't sell. Okay, so that's the one that hasn't changed much. Right. Uh, taking a look at your 10 pillars, rebalancing your portfolio, and it's number nine. Number 10, long-term detailed cash flow. This sounds like going to the dentist. Detailed cash flow yeah. projections. I know it's important, but to the average person out there, that sounds pretty painful. It's This is one area that's gotten a lot easier for advisors to be able to show clients what long-term cash flow looks like. Yeah, software's changed. I mean, technology has changed our industry completely, especially in the last five years. And being able to show a 65-year-old out into the future what their marginal rate is going to be, likely to be at age 85, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, and you can even set software up to say, okay, if current tax code expires on different different settings that are out there, like if capital gains taxes expire and it goes back up to the higher rates, you can see what the difference is. You could run all sorts of different scenarios. You could say at age 70 and a half, here's how much you're likely to have to take out of your IRA accounts to meet the required minimum distributions the IRS says you have to make. So it's easier to do that, and it's easier to monitor your cash flow versus what you projected with software these days. Okay. Um and I've seen some of these detailed cash flows, and it, it, I'm not going to say they're exciting, uh, because seeing some of your life in front of you, it, it's it's kind of intimidating. It's uh, when you see your cash going from four million to three million to two million to one million, and then at 85 years old, you kick over dead, and hopefully you got a little leftover for the kids, or the heirs, or something like that. Uh, but I do like it. I do the math of it all kind of calms me down and relaxes me when you see it in front of you. Yeah, and it's it's um, important too for real estate investors. Let's say they have you know maybe with some liquid investments and income from properties, they have enough income now. But with inflation, their expenses are going to go up at three percent. Their healthcare costs are going to go up at five to six percent. So, at what point in time do their liquid assets run out or start to run out so they can look seven years in advance and begin to liquidate different real estate properties at the right time of the cycle because they don't want to be forced into selling it during a downturn in the real estate market. Let's talk a little bit about that. I know from talking with friends and family members and uh, one friend, their, one of their retirement plans is to renovate their basement and to rent it out. And in the Bay Area, that could be very, very successful. But they also want to own a 7-Eleven. 
for some reason, they're not attracted to stocks. They're not attracted to anything except for those two ideas. Um, things could change. Um, you know, the whole uh, housing market can slip. You know, the having renters is a great concept, but then you have to pay taxes on it. You have to kind of treat it like a business. Uh, what do you think of that idea of a plan to rent out a portion of your home in retirement? I think that's a good plan B or C, but I can't imagine my retirement with a stranger living in my basement. I just, that's, that's not the idea of retirement that and I have in my head. I'm kind of with you on that one, to be quite fair. Nor would I want to own a 7-Eleven, because have you been in a 7-Eleven on free Slurpee Day on July 11th? It's pretty No. Insane. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, for some reason, to me, owning a 7-Eleven, and this may sound like I'm profiling in a funny way. I don't want to own a convenience store because I think it's, you don't want to get it's tough to get robbed. I don't want to get, get robbed. I <laughs> don't want to get robbed. But also I don't want to deal with staffing employees. That That's not exactly a glamorous job. I'd rather staff employees at a, a financial planning firm. Um, to me, the whole idea of – like that's, I would never want to own a Five Guys. I get it. But the staffing part of it would be a nightmare for me of uh, – you know, interviewing kids and interviewing people that don't really want to, uh, don't really push their careers uh, much further than 7-Eleven. Yeah, you know, I've, I've got a couple of clients that have some successful franchises, and, and the struggle is, as always, once they get to the point where they're really making a lot of money, is to find that right manager. So then they truly have a business that's, that runs itself, and they just check in on it. Um, so that's a, that is a long-term, it's, it's very possible to be a successful franchise owner doing something like that. But there's a ramp-up period, and that's it's a lot of work in the early years. And a lot of people might not want to get into that right at the start of retirement. And franchises, too much out of your, too much out of control for me. You know, if you spent an enormous amount of money to get a Subway franchise, and a few years ago it was all of the rage, you know, it was kind of like healthy fast food. And then people started figuring out it's not healthy. And then Jared kind of creates a problem for you. Um, and there you've sunk a ton of money into a business that may or may not cash flow for you at periods of times because of bad PR and bad, you know, uh, other, other firms come in with fresher with, you know, higher quality. So I don't like the risk of that for some reason. So now, and if I had I'm, owned real estate that was so expensive and I, I couldn't afford to live there unless I rented out my basement, I'd probably consider moving. But that's tough too, Rob. I mean, that's a whole process because, you know, your grandkids, your kids, they might still be in the area and you just want to make that your last resort versus your first resort. It's interesting because Governor Jerry Brown is pushing a lot of initiatives right now in California to allow people to put up like, you know, uh, in-law units um, to kind of ease the regulation and uh, get some smaller housing options out there for people that want to live in an expensive area like the Bay Area but are willing to accept it's going to be a very small size unit that I live in. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm leery of too much California real estate as part of my retirement plan. I'm not against it, but I'm also, I don't drink the Kool-Aid and think, you know, I, I, I know we live in earthquake country. I know we live in an area that's prone to uh, seismic shifts in technology and businesses. You know, take a look at Yahoo recently. Um, once an internet giant, now they're a division of Verizon, which Verizon wasn't even around when Yahoo was founded. Uh, Verizon was still part of the, you know, t- the telecom 
monster, the beast, the the company that had to be broken up. So mm-hmm. things do change, and that's one of the reasons I'm not in love with California real estate. I like it, but I don't want too much of it, and a lot of people go heavy. Yeah, I, I am in love with the innovation here because that you know you go through lulls in the stock market, which we could be in right now because interest rates being low and and the lack of reaction post Brexit. I think we've pulled forward kind of some gains that were people were expecting in the second half of the year, and it's not like we have cheap valuations in the S&P 500. And so a lot of firms have kind of lowered their next three to five year expectations for returns, a lot of big mutual fund companies and everything else out there. But that just, we go through periods like that, and then we hit another bull market. And that bull market is really kind of that crossover between the Internet of Things and even all the way into healthcare, where um, I've got clients involved in things that, healthcare-wise that are going to save just tons of lives that I can't even talk about. Um, so even though we might go through a slow period in the market and people might get turned off on, oh, the returns aren't there, they're coming. They, they're, there's always another boom. There always is another boom out there. Yeah. Uh, big event coming up tonight in Burlingame, the Ten Pillars Retirement Income Plan with CFP, Chad Burton, and myself. Let's talk about another one of your pillars uh, the dividend and interest tap. Um, dividends are all the rage right now. There's a question in USA Today, like, why are people talking so much about dividends? Uh, let's talk about the dividend rage and the, the, why is it there and why do you find it so compelling? Um, is it a shiny bobble or is it, some, is it imperative that we have it? Well, I mean, for us, it's not new. We've been investing in dividend achiever stocks for that's all we buy is if we're going to buy individual stocks is stocks that pay dividends, but they have to have a history of increasing their dividend, an average increase of 10% a year over a five-year period, unless it's in telecom or in um, utilities, because typically those are in the 5.5% range with a little higher income. In terms of what's changed, the dividend yield in general is a little bit lower than it's been 10 years ago, but what you really have to focus on is the quality, things like free cash flow, and how are they supporting that dividend? Because people are jumping into stocks for yield, and they could be jumping into a trap. Thanks very much. CFP Chad Burton. You can meet him tonight in Burlingame, going over the 10 pillars of retirement income planning. It's a great two-and-a-half-hour event. You can sign up for it at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com tonight, 6.30-9 in Burlingame. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. On the iHeartRadio app. Ford Motor. Announced a quarter that was down in income year over year. Not great. Oracle plans to acquire NetSuite for $9.3 billion. I like seeing mergers and acquisition. It kind of tells me that these guys... Um, find value in each other. And when they find value in each other, they, they set a price to it. Maybe it's two times sales or two and a half times sales, or maybe it's um, 15% from its all-time high. You kind of get a gauge for 
just one gauge, not a complete gauge, just one gauge for what companies are willing to pay for each other, and that should help you. Big story out today about credit cards. They're dumping fees thanks to competition, the number of fees being tacked onto credit cards. It's starting to dwindle, so you could actually go overseas and buy a meal or get a souvenir and not pay a foreign transaction fee. And do you know why that is? Because of competition. Competition is a wonderful thing. You always want you always want competition. When there's no competition, as a consumer, you lose, but as an investor, you win. So it's kind of goofy thing to talk about. Socially, you want competition. Investor-wise, you don't want a lot of competition. Let's bring in CFP. He's my competition for airtime today and microphone time. Mr. Burton, how are you? Doing great, Mr. Black. You have a big event coming up tonight. You're well-rested? No, not really. I never sleep well before those <laughs> things. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I don't, I don't but I'll be on my game, don't worry. Couple I got of... up to pee last night like four times. Oh, getting old <laughs> is fun. You better get that check, and that's not fun. Yeah, I like the prostate exam. So. I'm going. I'm going on do. record that. Of course I do. <laughs> oh uh, man, yeah, I'll show up with about three fills coffee. I'll be pretty wired and and ready to go. The funny thing about the prostate exam is, do you remember in your 20s and 30s you you were horrified by the concept, and then when you get there and do it, it's actually not that bad. And I think. You know, hopefully retirement's kind of the same way for me because I'm horrified by it. I, I don't like the idea of not working. I don't like the idea of staying at home. I don't like the idea of uh, shutting down. I, I think that's kind of a big thing. Um, one of the things people really, really need to do is have something they're passionate about in retirement, um, but not too passionate because you don't want your cost going crazy up. Right. Um, one of the things I plan. One of the things I plan to do is take some college classes on a regular basis. A, because I like to stare at young people, and B, because it'll keep my brain functioning. And I'm, I'm afraid when I turn it off and start watching TV, I'm, I'm done. We just learned a lot about you. You like to stare at young people, and you like prostate exams. I'm not sure if I want to go to this event with you anymore. <laughs> don't, 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 don't shake my hand. Um, th- there was a joke that I used to do on radio about, you know, co-pays of $5. I'm like, whoa. And it was tied towards the prostate exam. So... And it was tied towards an attractive doctor issuing said exam. We should probably stop right there. (laughs) I think we stop right there. If people want to hear the rest of it, come out to the event tonight, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Come Planning, uh, Doubletree by Hilton, Burlingame. Last one we're doing for the summer. Isn't that crazy? The summer's already over. Yeah, and and there are some spots. I just got five cancellations based on the conversation we just had. (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't. You know, you were talking about uh, dividend stocks and people rushing to them. Vanguard just closed their dividend growth fund. Really? Too much money in it. And you got to be careful. You know, that's one thing that ETF has helped in the last many years is that um, mutual funds get so large, Rob, that it's like maneuvering a whale in the bathtub. If, if a fund becomes so large and they own, they have to buy more and more stocks and they become just like the index. And then if they want to sell a stock, it's very difficult for them to exit a large, large, large position. It may take them months to do it without the market realizing what's going on. You know what I mean? You can't just dump a huge order of the same stock. It'll, you know, the the price that you'll get won't be that great. So you have to be careful of that, even in your 401ks. And wake up to your 401ks. I mean, people are paying fees in their 401ks that are unreal. And they're supposed to get reports from their employer on that. And, you know, if you're an employer and you've got a 401k, you know, over a million. Okay. 
you have options now. Under a million, it's tough, but over a million, you can get really low cost 401k plans where you know you can get ETFs, index funds, and everything else like that. So that's your responsibility as an employer. If you're going to offer that plan, so do a good job offering it and get those fees down because you're paying them. You're usually it's the employer, it's the owners and the C-suite that has most of the money in the accounts. So they're usually paying the majority of the fees and they don't even know it. Okay. Um, I saw recently that American Airlines is changing the way they're booking airline miles. So instead of getting points by how many miles you travel, it's now going to be points by how much revenue you spend. Starbucks is kind of doing the same exact thing with their rewards program. Now, see if, I, see if you're here with me or not. I think you need to pay attention to things like that. And like you just said, you need to pay attention to your 401k costs because sometimes companies change. And typically in 401ks, they're not going to charge you more, but it could happen and your expectations could change. And uh, is there is there a parallel there? Am I am I stretching to put American Airlines and Starbucks into your world? Um, no, not really. I mean, I was just having a conversation with a retired couple that travels a lot, and they were just having we were reviewing expenses, and they were looking at their airline tickets, and they're like, "We got to find a better way to to do this because they have to make kind of last minute trips and pay higher fees, and they go overseas, so they you know they they spend a lot of money on it. That's a big part of their budget." So they were saying the same thing. It's part of their retirement. It's part of what they like to do. And well, it, what I'm saying is, you just you really got to stay on top of the stuff because rules change. And you know, I think that's you sent me the ten pillars commentary that you're going to be talking about tonight. And the number one you think that you said is that almost all these rules have to change over a 20 year period. And you know, retirement you hit at 60, you retire 60 to 80. That's a 20 year period. But at 40 to 60, your expectations will probably dramatically change because things change. It's it's just a constant in our financial world and in our in our lives. Yeah, and one big change too is the amount of risk that people are willing to take once they get to retirement. I mm-hmm. see very aggressive investors, boy, they hit sixty five and that's their limited resource and their risk tolerance drastically changes. Sounds good. You can meet CFP Chad Burton tonight. In Burlingame, 10 pillars of retirement income planning. You want to know your expenses. You want to maximize your Social Security. That's just the start. This is a a two-and-a-half-hour event. It's great detail, lots of information. You can sign up for it tonight, 630 to 9, at newfocus Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.